blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. And today we are in our quarterfinals, aka the Quado Finals. But which one of our contestants will get to the reactor? Just like Quaid. 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 In one corner. This man took out some formidable challengers in the play-in round, and then in, ra- in the round of 16 took down Michael Turner. You can say it, you can call it a streak, you can say he's doing well, but he's certainly on a roll, man. It's Matt Cole, man. Hey, Matt. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, or remind them if, a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm currently in Seattle, Washington. Um good-sized trivia fan. Maybe not so much as Josh, who I think last time described it as trivia is life. I might not reach that level, but I do enjoy it. So I'm hopeful this game will start off a little bit better. I think I got like one question right in the first half last round. So hopeful not to repeat that again this time. All right. We'll see how it goes. Well, your opponent is chugging along his third TTT tournament. He made the finals in the first one. Lost to Jeremy Goodson in the uh, quarterfinals of the last one. How far will he go this year? We'll have to wait and see, but I'm excited to see how far he can chug. It's Josh the Wonder Kid Wenrick. Hey, Josh, welcome back. Good to see you guys. How's everything going? It's going very well. It's a solid. It's a, we're recording on a Friday. I did a lot of yard work today, and now I'm a little bit tired and sore. So podcasting is a perfect way to cap the night. Sweet, sweet. So I, I think I made the semifinals. I lost to Jeremy Ooh. last time. So I'm, I'm going one. If, 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 if it goes this way, <laughs> I could lose in the quarterfinals. Maybe so that was I'm it, yes. In, yeah, I'm going in the wrong direction here. So Matt, <laughs> man, that might be some good news for you. We'll see. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, Josh, you want to remind anybody about uh, yourself other than your track record on the tournament? <laughs> Certainly, track record. Uh, nice uh, litter with trains. Um, yeah, I'm in Williamsburg, Virginia. I have two kids, six and seven, that pretty much take up my entire life. And uh, I love I love to run. I love to run long distances. So this is a great way to uh, fill my time when I'm chugging those miles. Nice. All right. Well, we appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody if you take some time and listen to our rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that everyone knows the rules of our little show, I want to get to know Josh and Matt just a little bit better. 
And I think you guys are definitely pop fans. You definitely love your pop music. And so specifically, I want to know what is your favorite Whitney Houston song? I mean, I'll go first. I'm going to take I Will Always Love You because it's the one song that I can think of off the top of my head. So that's what I'm going to go with. It's classic. Although Dolly's version is probably better. Yeah, that was that was the first one I thought of, too. Um, yeah, I am. I am just blanking on on Whitney Houston songs right now. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will acquiesce to Matt. I can't think of a single one that's coming to mind right now. <laughs> wow, you just you're just pushing. Okay, because uh, honestly, the fact that Matt said Dolly's version is better, I was going to give it to you literally if you said any <laughs> other song because that is a lie dolly parton lover she's not a better singer than whitney hell no whitney's version is forever better um i will have to say my favorite from whitney's is either i'm your baby tonight or probably i want to dance with somebody there's just it's a, it's a bop so all right uh, but josh doesn't want to answer um and so that means matt you get to pick first i guess Sure. Uh, might be the only music question I ever get right on the show. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with sports. Okay. We're going to start off in the 50s. What golfer won his third of three PGA championships in 1951 and his third of three masters in 1954? His nicknames included the slammer and the long ball hitter from West Virginia. And he was admired by many for having a perfect swing. Hmm. Golf is not my forte. Uh, 50s golf, less so. I will go with Hogan. Ben Hogan is incorrect. Josh, can you steal? I was really hoping you would say Arnold Palmer because I don't think that's correct, but watch, watch it be the correct answer because now, yeah, it's either... Oh, Palmer or Sneed. I think I don't know. I, I just I'll go, I'll go with Sammy Sneed. Uh, I feel that's more of a app in this time. Sam Sneed is correct. Yeah. Slamming Sammy or the Slammer, the long ball hitter from West Virginia, etc. All right, getting a steal to start the game off. And Josh, you got to pick your category. Give me movies, please. All right. We're just chugging up to the 60s. <laughs> All right. What 1966 Elizabeth Taylor film was based on a 1962 Broadway play by Edward Albee? That's all you get. Hmm. It is enough. 1968. So I'm going to go with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is correct. All right. Doing well. Matt, let's see if we can get you some points. Well, let's try television. Okay. We're staying in the 60s. All right. We have a question from Ian Schultze. Thank you, Ian. 
Lisa Loring passed away in January of 2023 at the age of 64. But on the 1960 show The Addams Family, she was known for playing what character? Can you read that one more time? Lisa Loring passed away in January of 2023 at the age of 64. But on the 60 on the 1960 show The Addams Family, she was known for playing what character? This is not right, but I'm just going to say Wednesday. Wednesday is right. Yeah, the math, the math, the math did not seem like it was working out for uh, to be that old, but I just trusted Ian that Ian knew his math. If he didn't, then I'll you're I, I hate you forever, Ian. I'm just kidding. I love <laughs> you, Ian. <laughs> All right. All right. Matt getting some points. Uh we are over to Josh. News and politics. Okay. <laughs> it's still the sixties. Wow. Okay. Far out, man. <laughs> In nineteen sixty two, what Dutch company invented the first cassette for audio storage? They came in two forms, one that already contained pre recorded content or a blank cassette that was fully recordable. One more time, please. Mm-hmm. In 1962, what Dutch company invented the first cassette for audio storage? They came in two forms, one that already contained pre-recorded content or a blank cassette that was fully recordable. I'll take a shot in the dark, and I feel this is a company. I'll say TDK. TDK is incorrect. Matt, can you steal? No, probably not. Um, Magnavox. Magnavox is also incorrect. I think I do remember those TDK cassettes, uh, but this company, I didn't know you've heard of it. I'm sure you have. It's Philips. Philips created the audio cassette. Okay. No idea they were a Dutch company. I didn't realize they were Dutch either, yeah. Thank you. All right, uh, we are back to Matt. What category would you like to take? I'll try uh, liter- literature. Literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're saying that to spite me, sir. And it's like you decade- hesitated for a second, and then you're like, you know what? I'm just going to do it to anger him. <laughs> your decade is the 90s. All right, your 90s literature question. What Dark Horse comic book character first appeared in 1987? As opposed to a single specific character, the book refers to magical facewear, which bestows its wearer uh, with reality-bending powers and an altered appearance, characterized by a large set of teeth and a green head. I believe this is Stanley Ipkiss or The Mask. It is The Mask. Exactly. That was the uh, it was a comic book before Jim Carrey turned it into the movie. All right, we are back to Josh, and we still have music, fashion, slang, toys and games, and food. Let's go music. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. Though Abbey Road was the last Beatles album recorded... What was the last Beatles studio album to be released, which happened in 1970? 
So I don't know if, you're, if you gave a little clue there, but I know this was a rather late album, and I will say, let it be. Let it be is correct. Good job. I don't think I put in a clue. If I did, I didn't mean to, but <laughs> you got it. Uh, all right, Matt, we're back to you. Let's try slang. And it is the 2000s. Sarah Palin can not only see Russia from her house, she can also impact the slang of the day, as in 2008, she, when she embraced and popularized what word, meaning one who can't be controlled. She even used the word in the title of her 2009 book. Maverick. Maverick is incorrect. Josh, can you steal? Man, I, I thought it was Maverick too. Uh, can you repeat it then? Sarah Palin cannot uh, cannot only see Russia from her house. She can also impact the slang of the day as in 2008. She embraced and popularized what word, meaning one who can't be controlled. She even used the word in the title of her 2009 book. Well, I know she refers to herself as a gorilla mom, but... That's two words. Um, yeah. Shoot. No, I feel like I'm going to know this. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say gorilla mom, and maybe she just uses it as one big word. Gorilla mom is incorrect. <laughs> or hockey mom, sorry. Yeah, hockey mom. Hockey it. mom. Uh, she totally did use the word maverick. Absolutely. Uh, but she did also use this word and including in her book, which was called Going Rogue. Rogue. She was rogue. Mm. So, but fair. Uh, that's a terrible, that was definitely a tough one. Uh, all right. Uh, Josh, we are back to you. Um, let's go. Let's go with fashion. Fashion. We're going back to the 50s. Okay. Oh. What hair coloring company started an advertising slogan in 1956 that asked, does she or doesn't she? Only her hairdresser knows for sure. One more time, please. What hair coloring company started an advertising slogan in 1956 that asked, does she or doesn't she? Only her hairdresser knows for sure. All right. Uh... Hair coloring companies, man. Uh, I uh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I feel that this is kind of around that time. I'll say Clairol. Clairol is correct. <laughs> Good job. You know your hair dye. All right. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, what would you like between, well, you can pick toys and games or you can take, pick food. Let's do food. Okay. And it is the sixties. What McDonald's menu item was created in 1962 by Catholic businessman Lou Groen or groin might be it Uh response to f uh, falling hamburger sales on Fridays resulting from the Western Christian practice of abstaining from meat on Fridays. Uh the filet of fish. Filet of fish is correct. Or filet o fish. 
however you want to call it. All right. And it's going to end the round for, well, not going to end the round. Sorry. We're going to finish the round in Toys <laughs> and Games for Josh. And your decade is the 80s. Another question from Ian Schultze. Thank you, Ian. Kinkeshi were a line of collectibles that were released in Japan in 1983. They were licensed in the U.S. in 1985 as Muscle, or Millions of Unusually Small Creatures Lurking Everywhere. What official supply uh, found in every grade school classroom were these items? Or, sorry, not official. What office supply found in every grade school classroom were these items? One more time. Mm-hmm. Kinkeshi were a line of collectibles that were released in Japan in 1983. They were licensed in the U.S. in 85 as Muscle, or Millions of Unusually Small Creatures Lurking Everywhere. What office supply found in every grade school classroom were these items? So at first, I thought, you know, you're talking about those little trolls collectibles, but you know, that, that doesn't seem office supply. Uh, toys and games. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say trolls. Trolls is incorrect. I don't know what kind of office supplies you have, uh, <laughs> but Matt, can you steal? Uh, again, probably not. Uh, I'm trying to think of what an office supply that would be in character. Maybe there were those little, I mean, there's like a bunch of different little fun erasers. So I'm going to go like an eraser. Erasers is correct. Good job. That's exactly what they were. All right. That is the end of round one. John, where do we stand? All right. Well, with that last steal, Matt was able to tie it up. It is 40 to 40. Yep. We've got us a very good game. And let's see how things go in round two. All right. Uh, Matt, as you went first in round one, that means, Josh, you get a pick for Matt to go in round two. Let's bring it back to toys. Okay. And decade is the 60s. What game introduced by Milton Bradley in 1965 included some strange body parts such as Adam's apple, butterflies in the stomach, water on the knee, spare ribs, and a bread and a bread basket? I, it's not this. I don't know what it is. I'm going to say Operation. Operation is correct. Absolutely. All right. Moving along. Matt, what category do you want to give to Josh? Um... Stu Fashion. Okay. Knows his hair dye. Let's see what else he knows. And his decade is also the 60s. Oh, okay. What skateboarding shoe company began in 1966 in Anaheim, California? Though comfortable, I don't think Matt Foley would live in a pair down by the river. Bands. Vans is correct. Clue was a little on the nose, but you had to do it when that fully <laughs> in a van down by the river. <laughs> All right. All right. Mr. Coleman. Uh, or sorry, Josh, what are you giving to Mr. Coleman? Let's give him. Let's give him slang. Okay. 
and his decade is the 90s. Dating back to the early 90s, high school friends starting use, started using the term lilas, that's L-Y-L-A-S, when sending correspondence in classes. It also would make its way into instant messaging slang in the early 2000s, implying a deep friendship. What does the acronym LILAS stand for? So I've spent a lot of time instant messaging in the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's going to be real upsetting if I miss this. I don't know. I've never heard this before, but and it was L-Y-L-A-S. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that stands for love you like a sister. Love you like a sister is correct. Matt, what do you want to give back to Josh? Uh, well, we'll stick with the Matt Foley theme and hope for some government cheese um, on food. Okay. Your decade is the 70s. Introduced in 1973, what has fruit-flavored candy on the outside and bubblegum on the inside? With flavors like cherry, grape, strawberry, sour apple, and watermelon, this popular treat is made by charms. Okay. Uh, blow pops. Blow pop is correct. All right. We're hitting some good ones here. And what do you want to give to Matt? We have uh, movies, music, TV, news and politics, sports, and literature. Uh, let's give him music. Okay. And I think it is the 50s. Ooh. All right. Wake Up Little Susie hit number one in the U.S. charts on October 1957. What relatively good duo recorded the song? Uh, One more time, please. Of course. Wake Up Little Susie hit number one on the U.S. charts in October 1957. What relatively good duo Recorded the song. Yeah. I know there's a clue there and I still can't figure out what it means. Um, yeah, I don't have a great answer. I'm just going to say, let's go with the, the Isley brothers. The Isley brothers is incorrect. Josh, can you steal? I think so. I think Matt, you were pretty close, but I I think it was the Everly brothers who sang that song. The Everly brothers is correct. So you did pick up on that relatively clue. Yeah. You're close though, but uh, Josh is getting the steal and you have to give him another category. Let's go with literature for you. Hey, one for each of us. I'll take it. And it is the 2000s. Close Range, Wyoming Stories, is a 1999 collection of short stories by E. Annie Prolx, P-R-O-U-L-X, Prol, I'm not sure, uh, which was shortlisted for the 2000 Pulitzer Prize. The stories are set in the desolate landscape of rural Wyoming and detail the often grim lives of the protagonists. The best known from the collection is what story... That would be the basis for a 2005 Ang Lee film. That is Brokeback Mountain. That is Brokeback Mountain. 
All right. What do you want to give back to Matt? Uh, let's let's give him TV. It's the 50s. What morning show at the time featuring Dave Garraway and Jack Lescouli? Why do I write these names that I can't pronounce? Uh, L E S C O U L I E Lescouli premiered on January 14th, 1952. It was the first of its genre in the world, and after 71 years of broadcasting, it is fifth on the list of longest running United States television series. Hmm. I hear it one more time. You can leave the names out that you can't pronounce. <laughs> sure. I don't care about that. Uh, what morning show at the time featuring Dave Garraway and Jack, I'm going to say Les Cooley, uh, premiered on January 14th, 1952. It was the first of its genre in the world. And after ni- after 71 years of broadcasting, it is the fifth on the list of longest running U- uh, U.S. television series. Just going to say the Today Show. The Today Show is correct. Good pull. Good guess. I figured it was either that or Good Morning America. Exactly. Well, yeah. Once I heard morning in the question, I was hopeful it was not going to be Good Morning America. So that's why I wanted yeah. to read it. Sure. All right. And what are you going to give back to Josh? Uh, it's student news and politics. And it's also the 50s. Okay. The first successful organ transplant was made in 1954. An identical twin donated what organ to their sibling? Well, I'm assuming they live. So I don't think it would be something that you would definitely need, like a heart or I guess you could do the liver. Uh, I'll go with an organ that you have two of. I'll say the kidney. The kidney? Is correct. And do you want to give Matt sports or movies? I'll give him sports. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. All right. On July 28th, 1994, what Texas Rangers pitcher... Nicknamed The Gambler, pitched the 14th perfect game in baseball history against the California Angels. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers is correct. It's definitely not the same person, <laughs> but he just had the same nickname. So It doesn't make as good a chicken either. So <laughs> uh, No, I, the man makes a mean bird. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. And that is going to leave movies for Josh. And his decade is the 70s. And we have a, a an explain a film plot badly question. So I will give you a year and a bad description of a movie. And so you need to name the movie. 1977. Handsome mercenary with a pet bear intervenes to stop incest between a brother and a sister. Can you repeat that, please? Mm-hmm. 1977. Handsome mercenary with a pet bear intervenes to stop incest between a brother and a sister. Uh, 
Yeah, nothing. Nothing's coming to mind. Uh, it's, hmm. Uh, really not getting a clear picture on this. Um, I'll say Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson is incorrect. Matt, can you steal? Uh, yes. Uh, I love the explain a film plot badly questions, by the way. My favorite ones, perhaps, that you do. Uh, this is Star Wars A New Hope. Star Wars is correct. Uh, so he is a handsome mercenary. It's not quite a pet bear. And they were brother and sister in that first movie, but eventually it got figured out. So, yes, it is Star Wars A New Hope. All right. Cool. Well, that ends round two. Uh, John, where are we? Uh, we are all tied up going into the final round. It is 90 to 90. Yeah, no questions missed and everything kind of evened out again. So we were tied halfway. We we're tied at the end of round two. Uh, let's see how things go. Uh, and so we're going to need to know what categories are going in as, as we're tied right now. John, you're going to have to randomize to figure out who gets to pick first. All right. Well, let's see here. Matt's on my left, so he will be odds, and Josh will be evens. And it is evens, so Josh is going to pick first. What category do you want in, sir? Uh, let's see. Let's go with, just because I didn't get a chance to say it, literature yeah you're always good to me always good to me i always appreciate that and your decade will be the 80s all right and matt what do you want to join in with 80s literature um we'll go back to sports okay and that decade will be the 70s so the two of you need to write down your wagers based on 80s literature and 70s sports. And as we're tied and it's a thing, I'm going to have you all send it to me if you can, like just on chats, uh, you know, separately. Or send it to John, actually. He's the one doing the math. Yeah. So send it to John. Send it to me over Facebook Messenger individually, please. Get my John. Yes. All right. We are all good. All right. We are going to start off in 80s literature. In 1980... Robert Ludlum published the first book in a series, which were eventually adapted into films, one of them featuring Jeremy Renner. What was the name of the first book in this series? And our 70s sports question. In 1973, what killer Buffalo Bills running back became the first person to rush for 2,000 yards in an NFL season? While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I am going to let you guys know you should be checking out all the shows on the BFOP Network. That's BFOPnetwork.com. We're going to have some fantastic, you know, we always have fantastic shows, uh, whether it's The Blast from Our Past, uh, Talking Back, Action Action, Podcasting After Dark, Return, Ren, Return Revenge, Resurrection, Car Ride to Seinfeld Podcast. Uh, people don't forget, everything is great on the BFOP Network. Because BFOP, B-F-O-P stands for great. <clears throat> all right. Uh, do all either of you need a question reread? Nope. Didn't think so. Uh, 
Reread the, the literature one just real quick sure. for me, please. Yep. In 1980, Robert Ludlum published the first book in a series, which were eventually adapted into films, one of them featuring Jeremy Renner. What was the name of the first book in this series? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt, what were your answers? Uh, I knew the, the on the literature, literature question... Uh, I knew it's the Born series. Uh, I hope the first one is the Born Identity. It's the first book, so I'm, or the first movie. So I'm hoping it's also the first book. Okay. And then for, for the '70s sports question, uh, that is Ornthal James Simpson. All right, and Mr. Wenrick, what were your two answers? Uh, yes, as as Matt said, uh, I had the Born Identity as being the first one in the series. And I, too, went with O.J. Simpson. All right. Well, it is the board identity, which is the first of the series, and that killer running back is O.J. Simpson. So both contestants getting both of their answers correct. John, you're going to have to let us know how things shook up with the wagers. All right. Well, some interesting betting strategies here, gentlemen. And the winner today is Matt Coleman, who bet all 90 points. So the final score is 180 to 91. Ah, I see. Good job, Matt. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. That was exciting. We've had uh, multiple games going down to ties here. So, I mean, it just shows our contestants are phenomenal trivia players. It can really go any way. Sometimes it's just the confidence at that final round. If you can get them both, that'll definitely that'll do it for you. So, uh, Matt, great job. We will have you continue on in our tournament, and you'll get a talk later. But, yes, Josh, as you almost foretold, sir, <laughs> at the beginning, <laughs> you keep getting just a little bit worse on our tournament. I'm just kidding. You're awesome. You're always and have always been awesome. But now is your time to say your piece. Oh, uh, well, parting is such sweet sorrow, gentlemen. But, uh, you know, I'll continue to listen, continue to be a fan, and there's always next year. So thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, Matt. We appreciate you. And, John. I appreciate you. And this has been another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Do you like comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.